last time on Life Talks, we talked about the role of mothers. And today we're going to talk about the role of fathers. And I get to interview Dan because Dan made me talk about moms. <laughs> I so picked, I'm I still bitter one. about this. I cherry picked. You know, here's the thing. Dan's the one that came up with the idea. Let's talk about the role of mothers and fathers. And I'm like, yes. that's a great idea, Dan. And then Dan's like, you're talking about the mom one. And I'm well, like, I come up with the idea. <laughs> I should be able to assign it. I'm going to come up with the ideas next week. That's all I know. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, I, we are, I'm, I'm Ben, you're Dan. We are two of the teaching pastors at Life Fellowship Church here in Cornelius. And we are doing a series on called Legacy Planning. Dealing with the 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 issues of of parents and children, next generation, and lots of amazing uh, questions that we are getting. And you know, you your idea was let's get of a fund foundational episodes about um, fatherhood and motherhood. And I think these are really good for us to remind ourselves of. And uh, you know, I felt like there was a lot of disclaimers last episode. Yeah, and we ought to continue. I mean, you know, we are not progressives. We no. are traditionalists. We are <laughs> biblicists. You know. So if you are looking for, you, you know, some, if you're looking for that's going to fly at UNC or U, U, UNC uh, Chapel Hill or at Berkeley <laughs> or something, probably not your podcast. No, Dan and I are we are biblicists. We do believe in biblical authority. We also are are complementarian. We talked a little bit about that last last episode, but um, I do think. Man, ever since I was, I mean, I think the last 20 years we have been, oh gosh, it goes back to promise keepers, I think. This idea that that uh, biblical manhood and the roles of fatherhood in, in the home has been, has continually been diminished. And as much as we keep emphasizing, it's kind of like youth ministry, right? Like the, the longer we, the more we keep emphasizing youth ministry, more young people walk away. But it feels like we've been beating the drum for biblical manhood and and biblical fatherhood now for almost three decades, and it just feels like we're losing ground. Still, nothing's really changing. Yeah, and and, and in fact, I think that we've kind of adopted a worldview, a perspective that that sees men in general, white Christian men in particular, mm -hmm. as the oppressor. So we yeah. view a lot. I mean, we get diminished all the time. All and, the time. And, and when women say, well, welcome to the club. We've been diminished for 5,000 years. But th the reality is, is we feel defensive even offering this. Yeah. What, what has been historically and biblically the position of generations of, of leadership. Mm -hmm. and, and part of the reason we feel defensive is because some men have abused it. That's right. There is such a thing as Absolutely. toxic mas masculinity. Absolutely. But we can't call all masculine traits toxic. Mm -hmm. And it, we've got to be smarter and we've got to be more discerning. And we have to think more biblically in order to navigate that yeah. at this time. And we have to realize that much of what the Bible teaches runs counter to popular culture. That's right. And we've got to be okay with that. 100%. So... We did. I did some study for this. You did some study for this. What What would you say are some of the um, the roles and responsibilities of fathers according to the Word of God? All right. So I've got four, and it's a modified alliteration, and I'm going to dump them all out at once, and then we go back and talk oh, about them. Right. Otherwise, it'll take us forever to get okay. through them, and we won't get to your okay. list. All right. So I believe there are four primary responsibilities okay. that that could be said: that we are to lead, that we are to love, that we are to uh, provide, and that we are to protect. Okay. So it's lead, love, provide, protect. If we accomplish those four things, in, in my estimation, we're well on our way to being good husbands and good, good dads. Good. The, okay. the leadership issue has been assigned to us by God. Mm -hmm. And that's something I'm, you know, I don't want to back away on because you know, people today want to say, well, every marriage is 50-50. No, it is not. Mm -hmm. First of all, it is 100-100. 
Yeah. We're all ought to be giving everything to it. Yeah. Acknowledging the differences in roles and responsibilities, which is what we're trying to talk about in these yeah. two episodes, that there are some things where men do provide leadership in, and sometimes we cede the leadership to our wife. But there is no question the scripture teaches that men are accountable for how their home plays out and that there is a leadership responsibility that comes with men. And this is biblical. It is why we have ordered. Last time you did a masterful job of talking about when we disregard God's divine plans, chaos is the consequence. So what is the what is the antithesis of chaos? It's order. Mm. And so God gives us this so that our lives are productive and meaningful and organized. And so there ultimately there has to be an umpire. Yeah. <laughs> there has to be somebody who calls balls and strikes. And and <clears throat> in the home relationship, um, the father is looking to God mm-hmm. to provide the direction, the mm-hmm. standard, to write the rule book. Right. But he's the one who ultimately says, today, that was a ball. Mm-hmm. Or today, he was safe at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I believe that is biblically assigned. So then the next thing is love. And love tempers the hard parts of leadership. Mm. You mentioned last time in our last episode that men are to love their wives as Christ loved the children. The Bible says, Father's- Church pro- of the church. Uh, church, yeah. yeah. I'm heading to my next <laughs> one. Uh, and, and we know the Bible says, Fathers, provoke not your children mm, to wrath. That's right. The idea is that you love them. That's right. You don't abuse them. Mm-hmm. So the, this concept of a love, what is a Christ-like love in regard to how men should look at their wife and their children? It's a sacrificial love. It's an unconditional love. And it is a love that's literally willing to put down one's life for them. Mm, that's good. So, and so that brings me to a third one, which is protect. Yeah. Men are physiologically designed for protection. Mm. We are the stronger. We're taller. We weigh more. We're more aggressive. Mm-hmm. We're louder. There's all, all the characteristics of masculinity emphasize these traits that are essential to protection. Can I say this? It's so funny that you bring this up because um, just recently, I think I shared this from the pulpit a couple weeks ago, but we had uh, my my son, both of my sons from college were home. And then when they're home, all their friends come over. And then my daughter's boyfriend and one of his friends was there. So we had like a lot of testosterone in our home, mm-hmm. okay, for about a week. And there's about six to eight guys at all times in our home eating. And they... And I just looked at my wife. There's this one moment. They're just, they're all goofing off trying to do these handstand push-ups. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? They're just, they're in there. Like, it's a competition. They're loud and they're obnoxious. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, if if eight, you know, girls were hanging out right now, it would not look like that. Not even close. <laughs> it would not. It would not look like that. And I just found it interesting how people that want to say there's no difference between males and females, you know, men and women, I'm like, you you're not, you're not watching just natural human beings yeah. behave right and so i do think there's this idea of um the strength that is always out there this idea of protection and and it's it's inherent i mean i think there is something like it was always i always loved it watching my older boys when we are in places where hallie our our youngest daughter uh they there was an instinct that they had especially Jaden, my oldest, to make sure Hallie was going to be okay, mm-hmm. right? And I think that that's, that's, there's this ingrained natural response that, that, that men want to protect women yeah. when there's danger yeah. around. 
Yeah, and that doesn't mean a woman's necessarily weak because we all know what a mama bear will do to protect That's her right. cubs. That's right. At the same time, when daddy bear grizzly comes along, there's no question who's the stronger, the mm-hmm. daddy grizzly or the mama grizzly. Mm-hmm. And part, you know, that's why men have historically gone to war. And I understand, you know, now we're deep into the integration of, of women right. into the fighting force. But no one thinks that they're they're as strong as men. No one thinks that they have the endurance of men. Mm-hmm. They have different standards even for entry. Yep. Um, and we weaken, literally physically weaken our military. Now we may gain other things uh, by having women's voices and leadership roles in there. And I'm not here to debate that, though I would love to. Um, the, the the reality is that biologically we're different. That's why, you know, we have all this controversy right now when uh, when men, you know, pretend that they're women through gender dysphoria, mm-hmm. trans and so forth. Then they enter a female athletics. Oh, they, they, just, they, they, obliter- just, they obliterate yeah, records. Yeah, obliterate records and they demean the difference that a, that a woman has. It's not fair to women. It's fundamentally unfair because of political correctness, Absolutely. which is another episode. Mm-hmm. But the, the reality is men are called to protect. That's why, you know, when the motherland is threatened, men run to the recruitment office mm-hmm. because it is within our DNA that we will protect our nation because protecting our nation protects our families, our mm-hmm. mothers, our daughters, mm-hmm. and our wives and our sisters. Absolutely. So, and then the last one is providing, mm-hmm. providing. And again, this this is something we see the example in scripture. This does not mean that a woman is not capable of producing income or producing benefit or, or crops or whatever. Proverbs 31 is a great example. She was a real estate manager. She was mm-hmm. a she was a fashion designer. She yeah. she managed, you know, a staff. That's right. Um so it doesn't mean that but that the primary responsibility for the provision a family needed, whether it was financially, you know, or food or providing protection, or providing direction, or providing all things, fell on the shoulders of the man. Mm. You say, well, that's just an archaic system that represents the past, not the future. But again, where did the archaic system get established? As you mentioned last episode, it began in the garden. Mm. And men pre-existed before women. And women's design was to complement the man. That's right. Because men men have deficits Mm. that women and only women can make up for in the relationship. So those are those are my four biggies. What about yours? No, and I think that you 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 nailed that. I had a lot of those. I think I just basically had a couple um, maybe suggestions for for men. I think everyone really understands like. I would think that if you're a guy listening to this, you're like, yeah, that's what I need to do. I just have some reminders for men to to do those things. I, I wrote down the, the provide and protect and leadership, and I put down compassion. I think guys need to do be do need to be aware of. It's important for them to be compassionate. Why? Because God was compassionate. You know, the our greatest model and example should be God the Father. And when you see the fatherhood of God on display. In various ways in Scripture, I mean, one of the most beautiful pictures is this picture of the father in the in the story of the prodigal son, um, because the father is abundantly compassionate and and he runs to his son, and he is the model of grace, and he's this this beautiful picture of how God the Father loves us, right? So I think that one of the things that we need to be we need to always Go have in our minds is the way that God the Father loves us is the way that I need to love my children, which means they can never screw up enough to make me stop loving them. Yeah, I think dads 
need to always tell their children how much they love them and how much they will never be able to do enough bad things to make them stop loving them. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I, I love what you're saying because what I think we've done in our culture is we've flattened masculinity mm-hmm. and femininity. Yes. We've reduced it to one or two dimensions when it's Ma- far yeah. more complicated. Yeah, masculinity is not macho-ness. Right. And I think that's what most people think. It's not think. brutishness yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not brutish. It's not macho-ness. It's not this bravado. There is a... There is a, there's also a, there's a warmth and a compassion and a love to true masculinity. Yeah. Look at the examples of some of the most masculine people in scripture. Look at David. David danced and loved music mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and wrote poetry. That's right. That's right. You, you know, you, you, you look, Jesus wept. Yes. He, he said, and the imagery he often used, oh, Jerusalem, and he's crying over Jerusalem. He says, I'd like to be like a mother hen. That's right. And bring you under my wings. Yeah. Wow. That sounds nurturing, mm-hmm. doesn't it? But. It doesn't deny this greater strength that, you know, he could have called 10,000 angels. Yes. You know, he, he wields a sword of truth. It, yes. Th- so at the same time, when we flatten biblical masculinity and biblical femininity, we lose the nuances that that provide us a whole picture of who God is and how we're created in his image. Absolutely. I, I think um, I'll never forget uh, Jim Childs that when he was here, we had, I think mm-hmm. it was almost three years ago that we had yeah, him here. Uh, and he was a, a, a man, he did the LGBTQ uh, uh, Heart, Mind, Soul seminar here at our church. It was very well attended. It was a, it was an amazing experience for our church three years. It was happened right before COVID. Right and, before, like a week before. Um, but Jim <clears throat> is a man who came out of the, the gay lifestyle. And one of the things he talked about was he had to go back to the Word of God to define masculinity for him because he felt like masculinity was, I got to like sports and I got to, you know, I got to like getting drunk. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, he still had, but he had these natural desires to provide and to care for um, a family. And that was, that's masculine, hmm. you know? Um, and so I, I think that's important. A couple other things I would just say is this, dads need to need to play with their kids. Yeah. Play. Yes. It's not just about, um, you know, it's not just this hardened ex- experience with your children. Get on the ground, wrestle with them, mm-hmm. you know, play with them, do fun stuff. I think dads should be the ones, you should be chief fun officer of your home. <laughs> I really do. Yeah. I think, I think it tempers some of the authoritative yes, work they have to do. Yes, 100%. And because you know how to have the right amount of fun, you know how to say, all right, that's too much. You know, like you're able to, but dads need to bring that. You need to bring the fun to the family and not just be all Lord business, you know? And so I think that's, I think that's a great reminder for dads. Um, I think another issue for dads is not just the play, but also time. Time is always going to be harder for men because we are always... Um, drawn towards things that where we feel like we can accomplish something. And it's really hard to always evaluate whether or not we're accomplishing anything with our homes right. and our families. Yeah. I had a kid <clears throat> say this to me one time, that, that their dad understood the power of his presence. Mm. And I thought, wow, that's a really powerful thing for a kid to say, because he said, it didn't, my dad did not have to be doing something. He just needed to be with us. Yes. And when he was with us, everything seemed right in the world. That's right. And I, so I, I think you need to make sure dads spend time with your children individually, as a group. That's very important. Yes, there there's always going to be demands at work. You need to learn how to 
strong boundaries to make sure that when you're home, you're home, you're present, you're active, you're engaged. And I think that's those are that's the other thing I was going to say. Um, and then the last thing I would say is um, don't let your wife carry the discipline burden. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times, I, I mean, both husbands and wives understand that, you know, it's, not everyone's going to be around all the time. Um, and it, it takes a huge burden off the moms when the dads are the ones who are, you know, they're going to, they're going to take charge of the discipline. They don't have to, uh, it, it, it's not always up to what I found is that, um, that, that always helped my wife. If I was the one who was the first voice to say, all right, that's enough, yeah. you know, and, and that's, that's something that you can play with a little bit as, as a husband and wife. Sometimes there's always going to be one parent in the relationship whose meter hits red before the other. Yeah. And it does not matter whether, you know, it doesn't mean one's right, one's wrong. It just means that someone's meter is always a little bit more sensitive and uh, Jordan Peterson actually used this as a great illustration. He said I, he found that as a dad, he would always be a little bit more you know, quick trigger to be like, "All right, kids, quit messing around." And what he, but he, what he learned was, and he would always get frustrated at his wife because she wouldn't do enough. Mm. And so one of the things he decided to do because he's a he's a psychologist, so it's like he's always doing human experiments on his family. But one of the things he did was I waited. And he says within usually. A hundred seconds of when I hit my my meter, she would hit hers. <laughs> and so what he realized was he was never giving her an opportunity to say or do anything mm. because he was always stepping in. But what I, I share that with you because as dads and as husbands, there might be things that really aggravate your wife yeah. and as a mother. And be be sensitive to that. Be aware of that and step in so that your wife doesn't hit that meter. Mm-hmm. You're able to say, all right, guys, you know, yeah. let's bring it back. I think if if husbands and, and fathers led their families in some of those ways, I think it would go a long way. Yeah. And that goes back to that leadership principle that, mm. you know, we started off with. <clears throat> and and that's one of the ways in which men can lead. And it's also a protection. It's Absolutely. protecting her from having to do some of the dirty work and the harder yeah. work. The you know the idea of leadership also covers that spiritual domain that's not just on our theological beliefs or even our theological practices, but the values and the ethics and the morals of our home. That's why dads need to fully embrace the responsibility that lies on them as they lead their home. That's why when dads have affairs, it's catastrophic to the Mm. stability of the home. That's why you know when dad stays in bed and mom takes the kids to church, it's sending the wrongest, wrongest, is that a word? A horribly wrong, <laughs> horribly wrong message yeah. that that when when dad undermines mom's authority by being uh, verbally dismissive or even abusive, that he's destroying how kids view authority mm-hmm. in the rest of their life. These, these are complicated, nuanced, uh, fragile uh, things that kids are developing attitudes and actions on, and we need to be really mindful. So leadership really requires our focus mm. on on making wise decisions, realizing the decisions we make for ourselves are going to be modeled for everybody else underneath the authority of the of the role of father in the home. Absolutely. You know, one of the things I would just say with a few moments we have left, um, 
and, and maybe we didn't emphasize this enough, but you know, moms and dads, one of the greatest privileges and really responsibilities, I would just keep, say this is pray for your children. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the things I've, uh, you don't understand the power of your prayers and to influence you. There's a lot, of, there's a lot of active things we do to, you know, to engage in their lives, but, but calling on the God of the universe to, to change your kids' hearts and minds, man, that's one of the greatest responsibilities that a mom and dad, no one's going to pray for your kids the way you do. That's right. And so, uh, you might be a parent or a grandparent and you feel that burden, you feel that responsibility. And what I would say is, Keep bringing, keep as it says in First Peter seven five seven, cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. And I I think that's something that every parent needs to remember, and keep doing that. So, um, this has been another great episode of Life Talks. You know, I said this uh, last episode. We have a uh, an email if you want to email us any questions, any ideas for future podcasts. Uh, you can always email us at lifetalks at lifecharlotte.com. We look, we'd love to hear from you. Thanks again for joining us for this episode. We'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to Life Talks. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss a new episode. Share this podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to let your friends and family know about Life Talks. We'd love to hear from you as well. So leave a comment and let us know your thoughts on this episode or any other topics we've discussed. Life Talks is a ministry of Life Fellowship in Cornelius, North Carolina. For more information on Life Talks or Life Fellowship, visit lifecharlotte.com or you can find us on Facebook at Life Fellowship Charlotte.